Welcome to another episode of Just Therapy with comedian Sean Boyd and Antonio Ferguson. Uh, today we have a special podcast today. This is a call for action podcast. Our guest today is Diamond Elder. We'll let you hear more about her in a second, but we're going to give her the opportunity to tell her story since some of the papers are trying to construe what's going on. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the therapy session. Mr. Ferguson. What's up? Hi. How you doing? How are you? I'm good. How are you? All right. So what what we're going to do now is we have a special guest tonight. And uh, what we're going to do is kind of let her take the floor and uh, let her tell her story. And after that, we're going to ask some questions. So to give you some background, I basically heard uh, through a friend about a story that just touched my heart. And I went went out and did some research and uh, I found a a Facebook live post about the story that you're about to hear. And from there, uh, it just touched me. And I just we just had to speak on it tonight. I know. Like uh, we said earlier, it's not going to be our normal podcast, but we just we just had to touch on this and get this message out. So without further ado, I want to introduce Diamond from the Canton, Ohio area. And we're going to talk a little bit about her son, King, who unfortunately is no longer with us. But we want to give Diamond the floor and let her tell her story. And then, like I said, from there, we're going to ask, ask some questions and uh see what we need to do to get that get a message out there uh a call to action maybe to call our congressman try to figure out something to do to uh to to get the message out there of what we need to do to 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 get some rights wrong uh or some wrongs right in in this situation so without further ado uh diamond the floor is yours Okay, um, I do have my sister here with me, Lottie, just in case I forget anything. She <laughs> is here. Not a problem, Hi, Lottie. Hi. I've seen you on the live, too. <laughs> is, is, is your mama there, too? She's not. She's her too. in the bed, but I could oh. probably get her on the phone. Okay, Um. so basically... Starting from the beginning, okay, around 7 p.m., we get home. um, I get in the shower. The kids are playing outside. I can see them playing through my bathroom window. We share a driveway, myself and my neighbor. And so our kids were playing in the driveway. I get in the shower. During the shower, um, you can take that out. During the shower, you know, they're coming knocking on the door. Um, my boyfriend is letting me know that um, my son was shot playing outside and, you know, he needed the keys because he was taking him to the hospital. So he left to come to the hospital and I had to get dressed. I was waiting for my sister to pick me up. Um, coming out of the front door, the whole street was blocked off. There were probably like five or six cop cars. I was waiting to be, you know, like questioned, asked anything. None of them came to my door. None of the police, anything. It actually took a neighbor to say, you know, that I was the victim's mother 
and they came over to me basically asked me like did you see anything I said no and um that was it that was basically all he asked me I don't even know if he asked my name nothing and I had a dog and the dog was outside and they came up to me again and I'm thinking you know maybe this is going to be a little bit more in detail he's going to ask me a little bit more questions basically he asked me to get my dog because they were about to let their dogs out so I scooped the dog up now my sister's waiting for me and um so I get in the car with her we go up to the hospital it doesn't take long you know for them to tell me that my son didn't make it so we go back home um I met Detective Sellers. Let me say that. I met Detective Sellers at the hospital. Once I reached the hospital, she was like, you know, hey, I'm Detective Sellers and your family is in there. That's all she said to me. Your family's inside. They're in that room. I said, okay, that's it. Um, once we got back home, it was probably about nine o'clock. The police were still out there. I'm assuming they were looking for the gun. They had the boy in custody and I did skip apart. Oh. <laughs> Before I left, um, when they went to knock on the neighbor's door, it took a second. It was like they were asking where the boy was, and mm -hmm. everybody else in the household came out the door before he did. And when he came, obviously, like I stated before, I saw them outside playing in my driveway, so I know what he looked like. I know what he had on, and when he came out on the porch... When the police asked for him, he was wet like he just got out of the shower and he was in pajamas. Mm. Mind you, it only took seven minutes, eight minutes for the police to get there. So from the incident occurring, eight minutes it took for him to go and change his clothes and everything else. So... Mm. What? Yo, why you keep digging in there? <laughs> so, um... By the time we got back, they did not find this gun no, for... No, he skipped the main purpose. He was 12 years old. Oh, yeah. They asked him how old he was when he came out. They asked him how old he was. He said he was 12 years old. 12 years old. Remember that. <laughs> so, okay. um, after everything happened, it took them about four hours in total to find the gun because he refused to participate and tell him what he did with it. So, when they finally found it, you know, they left. In that couple of hours from me being home, there were about 30 people that have come and gone to my house at that time. They didn't stop anybody. They didn't ask anybody any questions, nothing. It was strange to say the least. The next day, nothing happened. I wasn't contacted by anybody, not a prosecutor, not detective sellers, not a police officer. I wasn't contacted by anyone. So on day three... We learned in the newspaper that the boy had been released on parental house arrest. And I hadn't known that at the time. We just happened to be at my house, you know, getting my mail and everything. And we saw the boy walk up the walk up, you know, to the porch, like right there. So I'm like, why wouldn't they tell us that? In the midst, we're talking to the detective now. And the only reason that she even came to my house is because my daughter was saying like different events that had happened between the boy and my son. And I felt like what she was saying was something that needed to be heard. Right. So um, we took her to like a children's advocacy place. 
And it just so happened that the detective was there. She was not trying to contact me. We just bumped into her there. And so in the midst of them questioning my daughter and everything, she just asked like, well, do you guys have cameras? And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I never thought to even look at those. She asked if she could come follow us to my house to see the cameras. At this time, I had never even seen the cameras. I didn't know if anything was on there. Nothing. But I'm like, you know, absolutely. You can come. She followed me out to my house. We met and we were watching the video footage for the first time together. And I had no idea, you know, that they were in my backyard. Um, and you can see everything between them all the way up until 47 seconds before the actual shooting. So um, they were just, you know, walking around the backyard, it looked like. The boy was being very weird and, like, abusive towards my dog. And I don't know what was going on there. Um, so then there's a wooden fence. So over it, you can't, you obviously can't see through it. So it's not a hundred percent. I can't say what happened once they got over that fence, but when they jumped over it, the boy jumped upward, like onto uh, the garage next door. And my son jumped down to the ground. And then you can see the dog's like ears go up and he ran towards the fence. So I'm assuming that's whenever the shot took place. I didn't watch the video myself. It was just something I couldn't do. So my sister and brother and everybody else, you know, they had watched it. And then it showed the little boy actually, um, what was he doing? He, you can see him running with the gun. He went and hid it. And you can see him like run back towards the front. We have cameras in the front too. You can see him run past the front and back over to, his house and when he did that when the shot you know rang out my boyfriend went out the front door because he heard it and the little boy ran past him and said the neighbor kid shot your son and kept wow. on going the whole time it was him so we didn't know you know I didn't know at first like who he was even talking about but when I seen the boy when I came outside and I knew he had on different clothes I'm like well it had to be him but he didn't have that on so um once you know all this is going on while i'm talking to the detective we see the little boy like i said she's acting like she had no idea that he had even been released which we later found out that was a lie and she knew the entire time and apparently he was let out on bond i've never even heard of a juvenile having bond but whatever um say he was let out on bond and I guess there was a court date that took place that I was not even contacted to be present, which would is against the law. So basically, it was just a lot of them not expecting us to know what it was that we were able to do. You know, like they were basically just underestimating what we had going on. So my brother is actually an attorney and he was here visiting. He's an attorney in New Orleans and he was here at the time so when we actually had the detective come to see the footage she brought someone else in with her and they were trying to take my whole security system they wanted the whole camera so you know he advised us no don't give it to them they can see whatever it is they want they can get a flash drive they can get right. from here to here but you know don't give them your shit you, we don't know what they're going to do with it whatever until there's like a warrant i'm gonna keep my shit but y'all can get whatever you want off of it right so um 
whatever Rante said, like... Oh, yeah. So, my boyfriend, you know, he guided them to where the cameras and everything was and, you know, brought them in there to see. And when the man basically was like, we want to take this, he was like, you know, no, my lawyer did instruct me not to give it to you. You can get what you want off of it, but you can't have it. He says, oh, why? Is this because you're a suspect? What? So, we're like, excuse me? So the wow. detective's like, you know, nudging him like, you know, don't ugh, like not to say anything. And we're like, what is going on here? So they leave or whatever. And after that, it was just mayhem. <laughs> so that's whenever the protesting started. My brother put together the protest and everything because we didn't have any understanding. So now we want to know we have an issue with the prosecutor. We have an issue with the judge, the Canton PD, everybody. So we're out there, we're protesting, and the prosecutor at the time, he actually reached out to us, wanting to have a meeting with us. And the only reason wasn't because of, you know, the actual case in itself, but because he didn't appreciate his name being on the posters in the protest. So um, we came to the meeting, and, you know, he was basically saying he, we, he would answer any questions that we had and xyz so we're, the first question we want to ask is why won't we present at this court date what exactly is happening there's another prosecutor right. on the case which is michelle cordova and they had no answers from the very beginning and basically were giving us a runaround and it was a lot of pointing fingers and well we don't know we didn't have a way to contact you we didn't have your phone number. Like, okay, even if you didn't have my phone number, you, you put my address in the newspaper. So I know you had it. So I'm not understanding why I wasn't present for that. So just so happened, there's another advocacy woman in that room with us. And she goes on to say, we can actually petition to file for another court date because you guys weren't present and you have the right to be. So I'm like, okay, well, why didn't anybody say this before? It's been weeks and nobody's even mentioned this to us. So she was like, you know, yeah, we can go ahead and file to do that. So the family, you know, can stay, you know, what say whatever you guys need to say in things like that. Okay, fine. Now, the prosecutor at the time, she's like, you know, we told the judge that we wanted him locked up and this, that, and the third, and they let him go home. I'm confused on how that could be, being that he lives directly next door to me. You guys don't even think that I deserve the courtesy of a phone call to let me know that he would be returning home. You don't know what frame of mind I would have been in. I could have hurt him. Like, right. that's right. not only, Absolutely. you know, safe for him. It's not safe for me. This is a troubled child in my mind. So that just wasn't a very smart thing to do, in my opinion. So, of course, you know, I'm going to feel away and be outraged about it. This is not somebody that I want to see. So um, we end up getting the court date. During this court date, it, it didn't take long at all for us to come to grips with the fact that the prosecution was not for us at all. Um, Michelle Cordova, she actually apparently in those few weeks that the protests were going on, the boy's home was shot up, which we had no knowledge of even knowing about. But she decides to bring that up at the court date. Like, who wow. are you? What does that have to do with what we're trying to do? She's like, yeah, well, he um, his home was shot up two times and we have the police reports for that. OK, what does that have to do with what we're doing? And so she basically, you know, had nothing to say on our behalf. Even the judge went so far as to say, I didn't have any, nobody 
objected to him being released. Like, so the prosecution, they lied completely. There was never an objection to him going home. Nobody even tried to say anything. And the charges were what? A reckless homicide? Which were the lowest charges that could even be filed. And they had ruled it an accident without knowing anything of what had gone on. So, you know, after we provide them with the tapes of, you know, him changing his clothes and hiding the gun and all of this, I'm like, okay, so are we going to try to amend the charges? Is anything else going to be happening? They're like, oh, no. No, absolutely not. Why not? I'm not understanding how this wasn't an accident. Obviously, in my mind, if an accident was made and you know that you hurt somebody, you have plenty of opportunities to try to help try to help tell an adult do anything you ran home and changed their clothes well I'm not understanding so after that after we said what we had to say you know during court you know he did end up getting arrested and they put him in a juvenile detention center whatever moving forward there was going to be another court date and they were going to try um just to see if he was competent to stand trial. And I guess everybody said that, oh no, something is really wrong with this boy. He, um, he can't, he can't uh, understand court proceedings. There's no way that we would be able to do this. So I'm confused on if he knew what he was doing. It, hell, I don't understand the court proceedings. I'm 27 years old. So right. I, I don't expect, you know, a 12 year old to be able to do this. And mind you, in that um, newspaper article that they decided to say he was 11 years old. Now he's 11. So, oh, right, right. Right. So, um, after that, correct okay so that court date was january 28th now prior to you know election was in november election yes. was in november now we actually were out there protesting urging people to go out and vote get this prosecution out of here now ferrero and cordova were actually kicked out of they were voted out. So they lost their job and they were no longer on the case. So starting in January, um, they were basically saying, you know, there was a conflict of interest. So they transferred the case over to Summit County. Okay. January 28th, we had another um, court date. The same exact woman that got lost her job here, Michelle Cordova. She went to Summit County and got the same exact job and they put her right back on the case. So I don't know how that wasn't a conflict of interest, but they were basically saying, oh, well, we just figured since she was familiar with the case, which once again, you should have seen that, you know, she didn't give a fuck about the case. And I don't know why you would do that, but we asked to have her removed again. Um, so she actually got removed, alleged. <laughs> they say they uh, removed her from the case. But after that, she once again, you know, during that court day, didn't speak on our behalf at all whatsoever. Um, she had nothing to say when it came to him being released. There was not an issue there. So as suspected, um, because he didn't have to do the ruling in our face, this time I knew that he would be released because they didn't have to give us that information face to face. So we would just hear about it. And so when everybody read it in the newspaper, that's when we found out about it once again. 
Um, so so wait real quick, <clears throat> not to interrupt you. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. So they ruled, but y'all wasn't allowed to hear the ru- ruling. They didn't. It was gonna be like sent. It was gonna be like a letter. There weren't gonna be. We weren't gonna be in the court for him to make his decision. So whatever he decided, we would find out. Whenever he decided it was going to be sent in a letter to like my attorney and their attorneys, he wasn't going to do that with us there. Wow. Yeah, so I knew that when he wasn't going to have to tell me to my face, you know, I'm letting him go that he was going to do that, of course. Um, so after that, you know, he was, I guess, back released wherever he went. Which is funny because the sister messaged us. When? The foster sister, remember? She was like, how do you feel about JB getting Oh, yeah, which is weird. Um, His family members were, like, messaging us, asking us how we feel about him getting out. I don't know if that was, like, a sick joke or whatever the case, but she was basically saying, like, no, um, I don't mean it in that type of way. Um, We actually are concerned. We want to know why it is that they let him out because we don't understand. Um... Basically, apparently, he was like this troubled ass child to begin with. Um, I don't, let that out. Yeah, that um, that was had a lot to do with why they actually put him in juvie that court date that we end up having. That had a lot to do with it, I guess. You know, he had trouble in school and just doing weird shit like around the. I'm not allowed to cuss, am I? Sorry. No, nah, you can say. Yes, you are. Fine. Yeah. You fine. Say what's on your heart. He was doing, you know, stuff around the neighborhood. And, you know, after the incident, a lot of people, because keep in mind, I've only been in this neighborhood at this time about two weeks now. We had just moved here. So I didn't know anything about this boy. He was just, you know, a neighbor. And my son just didn't have anybody else to play with. That's the only reason they were even playing together, six and 12. Um, But after the incident, you know, different neighbors reached out. Like, you know, we didn't even get a chance to meet you and let you know anything. We don't let our kids play with him. He's killed cats, killed birds. He throws rocks at cars. He's coming around here with a knife. He's done X, Y, Z. Like, we're really sorry we didn't get the opportunity to let you know that. But we don't. We don't let our kids play with him. So somebody, yeah, he told somebody he hopes our mom gets raped on a school bus. Like what? What? Yes, he is strange. So um, after all of that, they let him out. What happened next? Ain't shit happened. Ain't nothing. Nothing happened next. We were just, you know, back uh, protesting just for the six month mark of the incident. So we were out there for that. Then days later, didn't have any information um, except for what we got the autopsy. We've been trying to get the police report, which was due to us from the very first day. And they've never given that to us. Um, So when this article came out and there were too many indiscrepancies to even count, um, there was just, it was just foul, the whole article. Now, mind you, when we got back the ballistics, because they did call us and tell us about that, when we got those back, they said there were no fingerprints on the gun at all. Not even the boy who shot the damn gun. There were no fingerprints on the gun at all. But there was my son's DNA. They couldn't tell us if that was his blood or anything of that nature. But there were no fingerprints at all. So when we seen the article and they said that, you know, his 
fingerprints. Did they say it was on the like the magazine? Like he loaded the clip. Like it said the magazine. Yeah, it said his fingerprints were there, which that's not even accurate. And like I said, um, yeah, his fingerprints were on his shoebox. They were his uh, shoes. So I don't see why they wouldn't be there. Now, another thing is um, they were saying that the gun was in the shoebox. How is that a possibility? Or how did my son put the gun in the shoebox for you to see it that way if he was already dead by the time you found the gun or the shoebox? So that's confusing right. to me. The shoebox and the gun were in two totally different places, and they didn't even retrieve the shoebox that first night. When they found the gun, they did not have the shoebox the same night. Um, what else? They said they were playing hide and seek. My video footage in my backyard shows that's a lie. They were not playing it on the ground. None of that happened. What else did it say? It said the gun went off. Oh, said the gun went off. But like he I said, wanted to see how heavy it was, he wanted to but... see how heavy it was. But uh, the entry point, like I stated in the video, the autopsy proved that he was shot downward. And he's not mm -hmm. too much taller than my son. He had to be directly up on him if that was the case for it to go off. And I don't see that happening. And either way, like I said, he would have shot, had to shoot him down. And that wasn't even a possibility. Um, what else? And you, you're referring to an article in what now? This is an article that was just released Sunday um, in the Canton Repository. Okay. And so that's what prompted the the video that I made. That's what prompted the live because they literally just tried to deface my son's whole character. Like that it was implied from the very beginning that the gun came from my house and it was my son that brought the gun out. But like I said, we'd only stayed there for two weeks. The shoebox, the same exact day this happened, it was a Monday. You can see the video footage. They took the trash out to the curb. A lot of trash, which I'm sure that's even where the shoebox even came from. Because up until where we even had the cameras put in from the day that we had them put in all the way up until the event, you never see my son coming outside with the shoebox at all. Um, so I... The whole thing was just it was a it it was a load of bull from start to finish and I didn't appreciate it at all. I've been silent this whole time and let them create whatever narrative they came up with, but I low key high key just feel very disrespected at this point because you're trying to make my son anything but a victim at this point. And Understandably. you can't even do that to him. So who else to go for but his family? And I really don't appreciate that. Because now all of a sudden the gun was stolen, but it was never reported stolen right. to the cops. So, oh, and mind you, when we were in this meeting with the prosecution, Michelle Cordova, she told us, well, the gun was stolen. It was reported stolen in the summer of 2019. But come to find out when this article is released, the gun was never reported stolen. Whoever had it right. worked at a gun store and then said it was stolen, but he never reported it. Which, aka, you mm. sold the damn gun and you right. didn't report it stolen. So now, where if it was my gun, I would have been liable. But now that you found out that it was somebody's gun that they didn't report stolen, now where does that leave him? His name didn't even get put in the paper, but mine was. 
now you stole mm. and so now we're trying to figure out the the biggest issue for me is where are you all getting this information from and i can't even get so much as a police report the um we tried to contact the a few days after the incident we went downtown to get a copy of the police report um you know as the victim's mm-hmm. family like i said that's due to us and they're like oh no right. we can't give you that they gave us the runaround for days and uh, said that they had specific instructions from the chief of police not to give it to us. So when we actually got in contact with the chief of police, he's like, oh, no, it's not a problem at all. I'll email it to you. So when he finally sends the email, it's a blank document. He sent it, which was a public record. It had my son's name on it, my name on it, and his father's name on it, the date and time of the incident. That's it. But nothing, nothing, nothing about nothing what happened. Anything. And so when it comes down to, I really, truly believe they came to the job that night already biased and in their mind made up what took place and didn't feel the need to do their job any further because they already had their mind made up. Oh, this little black boy must have had this gun. They were playing with a gun and whatever. And so nobody felt the need to investigate further or do anything. And now they're just trying to cover their asses as far as not having anything. You don't have a police report to give me, and that's what the issue is. So I'm trying to figure out where, after this article was released, I'm like, okay, well, if she's getting information to write this article, they're giving her this, I should be able to go and get the police report now that this is a closed case currently. So I go down there again, and as soon as I walk in, um, I'm like, I'm here to get a police report. She asked me for my name, and she's like, well, when would it be from? I don't see anything. I said, well, it'll probably probably be under my son's name. So I give her my son's name, and she's like, oh, I won't be able to give you that. I said, and why not? She's like, well, when there's an ongoing case, we're not allowed to give information and blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, well, who gave this to the reporter? Like, who's she's like give me one second she goes and gets on the phone she's on the phone for like five minutes comes out and she's like yeah we can't do that blah 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 uh lieutenant green garen <laughs> lieutenant garen you know uh told me whatever whatever i said okay well i want to speak to lieutenant garen because if a reporter can get this information i know i can there's nothing right. on there that I wouldn't already know. I know the boy's name. I know where he lives. I know what he looks like. What is there you know, on there that I can't see? And so she's like, well, you can actually ask him himself. He just went back there. So when she says that, I'm already knowing that I actually saw him on my way inside. And so she's like, yeah, his office okay. is right there, but he must have heard you know, our conversation this entire time because I'm talking loud and it's only so big in there. And um. When she goes to get him, she comes back and she's like, well, he's not in his office, but he has to be around here somewhere because his office door is open. So I'm like, okay, I'll wait. I don't mind waiting. I'll wait till he comes back. So there are three women in this office at this time when I'm asking for the police report. So in the midst, you know, Mm -hmm. after me waiting about 10 minutes, she's like, well, I can actually give you his phone number, blah 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 I'm like I'll take that too but I I, like I said I don't mind waiting I want to know why it is that these reporters can get this information and I can't so I'm sitting here and I'm gonna wait all three of these women in this office put their coats on and walk out like they're going to lunch 
she's like, well, he knows he's you're looking for him. So um, if he comes back, he knows that you'll be in here. Um, so you're just going to leave like everybody's just going to leave. She's like, yeah, well, we have to, we're going on lunch. I said, well, when's it over? She said, I can't give you that information. I'm like, wow, this is crazy. This is crazy. So Mm. now the situation right now is just me trying to figure out where this reporter is getting her information from. And we even got so far as to the reporter saying that she filed for freedom of information. And so we were just going to go ahead and do that, fill out one of those forms. But I even still feel like we'll be at a dead end with that. They don't want to give us this police report. And I'm just trying to figure out what exactly is or isn't on here. Right. And that's where we at with it today. So. So. No, go go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. So this incident happened in September of 2020, correct? correct? Okay. And so basically you've never received a police report until a little while ago this year? Never received a police report at all. Because the because the, the document the document he sent that you they sent, was which is um when I went down there a few days ago, she said, I can give you the public record. She said, but all it's gonna be is your name your son's name, the date of the incident. I said, okay, that's what he gave me was the public record because I didn't get a police report. So that's what was given to me. So they had what, two cases, two two trials since then or there two, court, two cases? court dates, yes. And they, and they still never gave still a, never a police gave report. A police that report. Just and currently the case wow. is closed at this time. So no, still haven't received it. So the case is closed and the and the kid is yes, out. Yes, he's out. It was actually like I said when he didn't have to say whether he was going to do um in our face. It was basically because he wasn't competent. They would give him a year to deem him restorable to see uh if we would be able to do it again. So the case was dismissed without prejudice. So it's currently closed, but in a year we can file to reopen it to try again for him to be competent and, you know, see if he can stand trial. But also that is, you know, another point that pisses me off is because you you're telling me that he's not competent and can't stand trial, but at the same time, everything in this article is out of his mouth. So he's competent enough for you to take a statement to publish, but he's not competent enough to be in a courtroom. And during the court, he was there during the, um, excuse me, during the proceedings, he was there, he was present, and he looked at like he was annoyed and didn't even want to be there, like he had better shit to do. He fell asleep. During the first court date, fell asleep. Um, and the second time, he's like making popping noises, roll, spinning around in his chair, just weird. Mm. Mr. Ferguson, what was he so, going to ask? Her? Go ahead. I guess you somewhat answered my question, but he he's currently out, correct? From what I understand is he was released, but now he is, they're saying that he was, um, he's back in the, back in the juvenile detention center, 
but for safety reasons. Now, um, someone from the neighborhood actually did reach out to me and say that they had put a petition together to say that they weren't comfortable with him returning to the neighborhood. Now, these is these is white folks. This is an upscale neighborhood. So, you know, they mean business when they come in about, you know, they stuff. So they, you know, put a petition together and said that they didn't want him back in the neighborhood. So now they're at a point where being that he was adopted or a foster child or whatever the case they're in limbo with where to send him because who wants to take a child that right now is accused of murder or that's then damn murder somebody. So, so he's just out here in a neighborhood where he's not wanted and they're fearing for his safety. I guess he's back in the juvenile detention center just for that though. Not anything pertaining to my son. Not because he, right. Not because he was right. charged with anything. Mm, 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 mm. So who, how, you, you probably only had this answer, but because like this whole thing is like just you because I, I watched mm-hmm. it live um, today and hearing you go over it and, you know, kind of relive this is it, making me irritated because the simple fact is like what connection does this kid have or who did he have to where he never Listen, got charged is, and he was let out the next day going question that we have because initially when it came about they were saying that he was a foster child now you know ultimately the state would be liable for him if he was just a foster child so they would be you know have to take some right. responsibility in this so a few days later, after, you know, it had came out that he was, in fact, the foster child, they were saying then that, you know, he was actually adopted by the family. Now, this family is why we were so confused on how he was released for he was released on parental house arrest initially. Now, the dad, he's like 60 something years old. He's uses a walker and he's on oxygen. And then there's an older woman. Mm-hmm even older than him that can't get around. She can't even leave the house. And so we're like, well, how mm. in the fuck? Who's watching him? If he decides he just wants to run Nobody. out this bitch, y'all can't chase him. So how is it that he's being released on parental house arrest? Whatever that boy wants to do, he's going to be able to do. So I'm confused on that. So that's what we were trying to figure out. Then somebody informed us that the dad's brother was actually a police officer. So, yes. Wow. Yes, for Canton. For Canton City, yes. So, Mm. yeah, and I guess the dad um, used to be a probation officer also. It's a lot. So, that's probably why. Yeah, they have connections for sure. Mm. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm-mm. So, is is there um, another protest coming up? We haven't picked a date but there will definitely be another protest um and we're gonna we're trying to do it probably like once a month on the anniversary date so probably the 14th of every month if not you Mm. know more frequent than that but at least on the 14th of every month until it's time you know to refile for this thing and we're still going to continue to do it then so so outside of that what's the next like what's the next step in this process like i mean is is this done like is the the legal proceedings done the only way uh as far as right now yes 
like I said, we won't be able to petition a file for it to be reopened um, until a year from the actual incident. So that would be six months, six months from now, or nine nine months from now, something crazy. After, so I September, they said September fifteenth, basically. Basically, yes. Because it, it happened on the fourteenth, so the next day would be the fifteenth. So, what can what can people do right now, and what can we do in the future? to to kind of like get this get this moving forward so that when we get to that point the pressure's already there um i truly believe there are power and there's power in numbers so if it was just my family majority from in initially from the protests you know that even got the prosecutor's attention to even have that meeting with us if there were more of us I, I don't think that there's anything we wouldn't be able to do. Um, as far as our representation, we do have a lawyer at this time. But as things go on, I hate to say it because, you know, I've been I, I've been messing with her. She's cool and everything. But it's really kind of hard to to tell if, you know, who's actually with you when it comes to Canton City, because at the end of the day, this is where you're from. These are who you have these connections with. These are who you have these relationships with. And this is who I'm against right now. So it's hard right, to, absolutely. you know, see if this is a relationship that's actually going to work. If they, I don't honestly give a fuck what they in it for as long as we have the same goal. I don't give a fuck if you want the exposure, if you want the money, whatever. As long as we have the same goal, you got a friend in me. But it's hard to know what exactly people's intentions are with you when they have the relationships that they do with the people that, you know, we're not for the people that we're against. So I may be looking at least for her to work alongside of someone else from somewhere else. So as far as right now, just anybody that would know anybody, you know, that would be any good in a form of representation with this right about now. Right. Now, have you reached out? Because I know I heard your mom say in the live that you guys reached out to the NCAA, I mean, the NAACP. Um, I guess she did initially. And so, you know, what's so messed up is, you know, first impression is everything. And we kind of got a bad taste in our mouth with them because I understand completely. But if I'm bringing this to you, I don't have... I don't have time for any doubts. So I felt like it was Crump and the NAACP. I want to say they were more so poking around as far as, you know, wanting to know where did the gun come from? And it's like, bitch, no, sorry. say what you got to say. If I'm reaching out to you okay. and I'm, you know, if I'm no, reaching out okay. to you and I'm initiating all of this, why and why would I do, why would I even be trying to push the envelope this far if I'm guilty of something or if I have something to hide? Why would I even be right. doing this? So now, just like, you know, my mom said, don't try to get on board later on and try to use my son as a poster child for some other shit y'all got going on. Right. Because, you know, this is like an right. up and coming thing. It will be. So being that you didn't want to, you know, come out whenever we requested you to, it's a don't try to jump on the bandwagon situation now. So, so you guys actually talked to Ben Crump and yes, he, he asked. Yes, like asking him. I'm like, I don't know. 
um, this could be something like he didn't want to be have his name attached or be affiliated with anything. It would be like a you didn't know this. I don't know. Well, yeah, they did, and it would be like he just not wanting her name attached. If this was to go a different way, basically. So that's where we was just not with it. So I don't know, you know, as far as, you know, bigger people and things like that, as long as it's a genuine, somebody who genuinely, you know, give a fuck about the cause and what it is that we're doing, I'm open to things of that nature, but I don't know. I'm just trying to wrap my head around, like, like what would be what 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 are we trying to have done i guess is what what i'm trying to wrap <laughs> hello yeah so i feel like i'm being right now um, that was weird and that's never happened before did y'all hear the buzzing sound i didn't hear a buzzing sound it just said that the call disconnected yeah so uh, to jump back in i guess my question is what what do we want to have done now like what what is our goal now like are we are we pushing to have this case reopened to have this this uh it's board? gonna be reopened okay my main thing would be for the charges to be amended that's what i want it wasn't a reckless homicide it wasn't two kids playing with a gun that wasn't the situation so i want the charges to be amended and i want his ass that's tempering with ethics. Just throw and hide a gun after something. That's tempering with ethics. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Animal cruelty. Yeah, it, it's too many, too many things that happen for to have a reckless homicide and that just be it. It is a lot going on. So yeah, right. that's our main thing is to amend charges, have him recharged. Because it it makes no sense how they tried to say he wasn't competent enough to stand trial um, because the lawyer is supposed to, you know, um, articulate what's going on in the case. And for the simple fact for him to be on camera hiding the gun. I, I mean, exactly. That, that just, but that then that's what I'm saying. They, um, when they initially made the, those charges, they didn't have our footage or anything that we had given. They didn't have anything from us. They didn't know that he hid the gun. They didn't know that he changed his clothes. They didn't know anything. So after we gave them the, that information, it would have been assumed that then the charges would have been amended, but they said no. So they had a case after they seen? So you, you guys had court after they seen the Correct. video? And they didn't try to like, they didn't change that. anything, didn't bother. And to be honest with you, when my mom, she watched the video so many damn times, she had little markers and it tell you what happened at two minutes and 17 seconds and what happened at, you know, different times. So when she would ask the detective, like, well, did you see what happened at eight minutes and nine seconds? No, I don't know what you're talking about. No, I don't know. No, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. No, you didn't watch it. You didn't watch it. And that was the problem there. They, not nothing, none of it. They were so on trying to build another case as far as where this gun came from. The son, the, the case with my son was closed the minute they left the scene. 
They didn't care anything about that. We'll, we'll if y'all want something from us, we'll work on this gun situation because we're gonna shut y'all asses up. But mm. other than that, we don't have anything for you. We're not doing anything to this boy, so y'all can go ahead and get over it. That's what's been conveyed this entire time. So is there a way they can reopen it before the year is up? I don't believe so. No, just because of his competency and his restorability, as far as that, it would have had to be that amount of time. I guess that's the law. Now they want to follow the law when it comes to this guy, but whatever. Because, I mean, because your son was six years old and they trying to say his fingerprints was on the, the bullet case. Yes. Because, I mean, guns are not light. Exactly. And once again, like I said, when we got the ballistics back, they said they didn't find any prints at all. So the fact that they released that article and it implied that, you know, his fingerprints on that, that's an issue in itself. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Well, I, I mean, I do want to... Um... Send my condolences. I'm definitely praying for you and your family. Um, we're definitely going to try to do our part is in getting the word out and um, having people ready to, to pretty much march and protest. Um, now, the next protest, is it going to be in Summit County or? Hell no. Um, it's going to be right here, right downtown. Okay. So in Tuscarawas County in Canton, Ohio then? Stark County. Stark. Stark County. Sorry. But I thought the case was with Summit now. The case did get turned over to uh, Summit County, but <laughs> no, it is. But we we what? Only because we knew Kyle. Yeah, only because we had a relationship with the new prosecutor. That's the only reason that it got turned over. But we're still gonna do it here because these are the people that need to see us. Kent and PD is the ones who need to see us. Right. Because I, mean, I, I think we also want to put some pressure on the Summit County Prosecutor Office, correct? Because that's who's going to be prosecuting this. That's regardless. correct. Do you have an idea of who everyone should reach out to? You want to put some fire up under somebody. What's her name? Oh, oh. Get Cassie Nist. She wrote the article. Oh. <laughs> Get them all. What did it she say on Man on Fire? She said, Kill you kill every last one of them. Yeah, just Canton PD, Canton uh, Repository, Canton. <laughs> so, the, so the paper never reached out to you to get your story or anything? Afterwards. And we actually declined trying to. Um, we didn't want to clear the air with them. We didn't. We gave them plenty opportunities. We've actually spoken to uh, local news stations here and uh, the paper here before all of this. Mm -hmm. And everything, every time we spoke with anybody, it was so chopped up and watered down. It was like we never spoke to them. They pick and choose what it is that they want to put in there. So again, like I said, it seemed like everybody around here is in cahoots. And nobody wants to speak on the real things. Nobody wants to shed light on the real problem, which is starting with Canton PD and their lack of 
doing their job. Nobody wanted to speak to that. So whenever we would speak with them, like I said, they just said what they wanted to say and chopped out everything that we told them. So when they reached out to us after this article, after my live, like, well, we want to hear your side of the story. We declined because we've given you our side of the story. You just decided to run what you wanted and take it the way that you wanted to. So we're no longer giving you that opportunity. Right. Because every article I seen said eleven year old boy. Exactly. And, and and they never say if he got charged or anything. Nope, I mean, they, they just said the first tried to rule it as an accident. I mean, exactly. And we didn't. They tried to tell us when we would start speaking about the case. You know, they tried to slap us with a a gag order and tell us that we couldn't even talk about it. So, really? yes, they tried to say that we couldn't even talk about the case at all. So whenever we pressed the issue, you know, they, they, they were just really expecting us to be like some really ignorant people and not knowing what we were, you know, able to do in this sort of situation. And like I said, my brother's an attorney, so we're already knowing certain things. So when we're asking questions, you know, they weren't even expecting us to have certain questions that we had. Why? Why? Why would we have the gag order? What would be, and when when did you ever hear about that in a, a juvenile case? So we're asking questions. A gag order for what? Right. So they're like, well, you can't talk about the case. You can't do this. So we got in another meeting and we just, you know, we wouldn't let it go. I want to know why there is a gag order. You, you have to serve us, first of all. Right. You have to be served with a gag order. And nobody has given us that. So I'll speak on whatever the fuck I want to. Until you provide me with that and also let me know why that is. So all they could say was they changed it up. Like I said, they didn't even expect us to question the gag order. It was just, you can't talk about this. And we were supposed to leave it at that. So when we started, you know, questioning it, they're like, well, you can't say his name. You can't say the boy's name because he's a juvenile. Okay, well, say that then. Don't try to tell us we can talk about this. And then when it's addressed, you want to tuck your tail and tell us something different. It was just, oh, mm-hmm. it, it, there are so many underlined, low down, dirty things around this whole entire case. It's just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So if, if we do ca- um, call down to the prosecutors at um, Stark Summit, County. Summit County or Stark County. And, and Summit County. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, because like, it seemed like the prosecutors in the beginning never like, were on your side. Never. Like never nope. to prosecute. Not it's almost all. like they were the, the the defendant's attorneys. Yeah. They didn't care. Mm. I have a little well, just a little bit more confidence in uh Miss Bloom, which is now the prosecutor, the main okay. prosecutor in the case now over in Summit County. I have a little bit more faith in her but it's still a little shaky because she act like she's the president when you try to get in contact with her I don't appreciate that but mm-hmm. it's just been a lot of like I said mishandlings from the very first day and there's no communication whatsoever we're probably the we find out things that are going on with this case the same time as everybody else which I have no understanding of I won't know nothing until somebody's calling me and telling me about what they see in the newspaper I didn't even know somebody was making a report on the gun or making an article until it came out. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's not right at all because you being, you know, 
his mother, you should be the first one to know about all this before it even hits the press. Exactly. I mean, it almost sounds like they don't view you as the victim. They At don't all. view, view your son as the victim, and that that's what's disheartening more yeah. than I think, I mean, obviously there's a lot of things that's disheartening in this, but that alone just, I mean. Yes. So you can imagine, you know, uh, when they put out this article, you know, these white people was eating us up. And that's, mm. like I said, unfortunate because all of the details that could even go into it, you could point out XYZ about whatever, but at the end of the day, this is still an innocent child. And it's like, the fact that y'all could so nonchalantly dismiss that fact is very concerning to me. Did, did the um, foster parents ever offer up an apology or anything? Now, the dad, um, a few days before the funeral, because after, you know, the incident, we actually went and stayed in a hotel and we came to the house to get some clothes and the dad like gave my boyfriend like some money and said, Oh, put this towards the funeral. I'm so sorry. But then we get in the courtroom and he's a totally different, totally different person. Like he don't have nothing to say and he looking all crazy at us like we did something to him or something. Mm. That is so unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I'm. I'm. We're we're definitely going to try to reach out to our um our people as far as putting pressure on the prosecutors and um putting pressure on the Canton Police Department getting this right the first time. Mm-hmm. So you wouldn't even have to go through this, where we wouldn't even be talking about this situation. Right. Because um, I mean, it, this happens far too often. Where and I don't want to bring race into it, but I mean, it, it's it's too obvious. Oh yeah. Absolutely. My son wouldn't be home if the shoe was on the other foot. It wouldn't have happened, especially not the damn next day. They wouldn't have, it wouldn't have happened. Nope, not at all. And, and they keep trying to say, oh, it's not about race. It's not about race. But you keep making it about race exactly. because, fact, you know, we, we got a boy that's no longer here that can't even speak for itself. And when we got this other kid that's out, you know, or in, in juvenile still you know breathing and playing video games or whatever so it's like how can you not say it's it's, it's not about race crazy again like i said i do want to um give you my condolences i'm definitely praying for you and the family um please keep us i'm i'm gonna um find you i'm gonna friend you on facebook so i can be aware of when the next uh protest is right okay so I can let everybody know on my end on what the protest is because uh, I, I definitely want to try to be there, especially if I'm not working that day. I definitely want to do my best or even take an hour off to come and, you know, stand by your side on this situation because, um, I, I mean, I, I couldn't even imagine, um, you know, what you're going through. And like I said, I do want to send my deepest condolences because, um if it, 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 I mean, I, I don't even want to say it because it, and, and then they let him out the next day. Like, I, it just, it just baffles, it baffles me. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. Like, and then, like, what, what pressure can we put on to, like, the NAACP? Because, I mean, this, this is, seems like a case that they should be 
advocating for you, in my opinion, and maybe I'm wrong. No, my mine too. Mm-hmm. And 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 to hear Ben Crump asked you, you know, well, where 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 did the gun come from? Like, what do you mean we're reaching out to you so you can help us with that the situation? Was, and your, was, and your I'm first sorry, question that was the NAACP that was questioning about the gun and where it came okay. from and everything, not Ben okay. Crump specifically. Okay, okay, so you guys never actually got a chance to even talk to him. They wouldn't even right. Okay, then I say that's something that. If you hear this, that's something that we should put some pressure on because they have some power to put together like protests are are good and they do help. But when you have those people that get the attention of the media, Mm -hmm. then those people can help move things along quicker than than just you and I, I guess I can say, or just just Canton as a whole. When you have the the country viewing things, like for instance, Ahmad Arbery, like there was people that knew about it. Mm-hmm. There was people protesting, but once once it became like a national thing, that's when those guys went to jail. That's when things started to happen. Right. So I I definitely think that's that's still an avenue that should be looked at. Yeah. I agree. Mr. Ferguson, you got anything? That's else? it. Uh, just, I guess I got, I have one last question. What, and this is going to be a difficult question. What would you say to other moms that are in your situation? Like what, what, what message would you have for them? That are in this specific situation? This situation, very similar because for some reason, in our communities, in the black community, this is this happens way too often that just it just goes and gets swept under the rug. And I, I mean, I guess I just want to get your opinion on like what what would you have for other moms to stay strong? Because you seem like you're a very strong woman. No, and- that's not true. <laughs> that's not true. Um, I'm just here to be honest with you. Um, and I would have to be completely honest and say that. I was not in this. I wanted I wanted it to be over. As soon as it started, I wanted it to be over. And I felt like the protest and doing all of this, this is the complete opposite of what I wanted to do initially because I just couldn't take it. And I felt like every time it was brought up and having to go to a protest and having to do all of these things, it was like having to relive it all over again. But I had to get beside myself because at the end of the day, it's it's not going to go away. So you might as well get in it and feel your way through it. And it's it's bigger than me. So that's what you have to consider. Like my son wouldn't want me to just say, you know, fuck it. Because they did. So he wouldn't want, you know, me to just, it matters. He mattered. So that's why I'm doing it. Just, you know, don't give up. And they think they know every goddamn thing and they want to discourage you. Don't let them. That's it. Well, we appreciate that. Thank you for that. Thank you for joining the day. Uh, We definitely appreciate that. Thank you for having me. Anything else, Sean? (laughs) Sean? Sean? Sean, you fall asleep? Sean, you there? 
Well, well, I guess well, we'll catch Shauna. Yeah, I'm sure time. we'll. We're, we're, I'm not going to let him edit this out either. We're going to leave this in there. So, <laughs> I'm going to make sure this is in uh, the live podcast that gets sent out. <laughs> what happened? I, it just it it just froze. I don't I don't know because we were talking and you were you it, like you were gone, but we were still talking. Ah. Uh, but it, I ended it though. I, I mean, we, we was making jokes about you, and we said we was gonna put the one chick in the background said, "Did uh, Sean fall asleep? Like Sean, wake up!" <laughs> there she is. She, we we said that it better go on the podcast too. <laughs> well, unfortunately, I, like I said, like it, this is never happened. I mean, we did an hour with you know our. Or do last week, which makes no sense. Why I keep cutting off like that? I'm, I'm, I'm. I apologize, Diamond. <laughs> uh, if, when we if, cut everything, it'll, it'll all run together. It'll, it'll sound fine. It, it will. But um, I do, I do want to get that last statement you were saying. You said um, your son wouldn't want you to. Oh man. <laughs> um. Okay. What was the question? It, it was uh about like what what would you mothers <laughs> other mothers in this situation um bigger than you you had to jump in because you said your son wouldn't want you to and I'm I'm figuring you was gonna say your son wouldn't want you to stop fighting for him absolutely and I apologize That's and fine. and the bad part is like I got a, I got a good phone it ain't like it's an iPhone or something for it. <laughs> watch your mouth man please. <laughs> You know, don't insult us like this. I, I guess I gotta insult my own phone, but that ain't gonna happen either. <laughs> <laughs> we was the ones connected, okay? You got disconnected, or who you go through, boost? No, <laughs> uh, he got a cricket. I, I'm, I'm on, uh, <laughs> he got a straight talk. <laughs> straight talk. <laughs> I'm on that old school Obama phone plan. That's what <laughs> I, I, like I said, they, they don't want, they don't want this story to get out. Like it, it keep it keeps stopping, which makes sense. You. so we gonna make sure this gets out. Phone ain't gonna stop us. No gonna stop us. We're gonna get this out. <laughs> I hope so. The way your phone's chopping up, you need to. <laughs> they, they, they tapping the line. I'm telling you, <laughs> that's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> Yeah, Ferguson, if you want to close this out, man. Yeah, so I just want to thank you again for joining. Uh, thank you for sharing your time with us. And, uh, you know, we're with you. We're 100% on board with, uh, with, with whatever you're trying to do, whatever you're trying to get, uh, get done. Uh, hopefully, come September 15th, uh, the prosecutor does the right thing. But I know in the meantime, we're definitely going to put some pressure and do what was needed to be done to get that pressure out there. So thank you so much for uh, trusting us, for joining us today. And uh, we'll definitely stay in touch with you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You guys have a good night. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. That is the end of... Episode three, Just Therapy. Um, after hearing her story and everything that's going on with this case, 
you should really feel compelled to pass this on so other people can hear the story so we can actually take action on what's going on. Put some more pressure on the prosecutors, uh, put some more pressure on Canton Police Department so they can get this right. Because as a father, you want to make sure your kids have, you know, everything you can give them. And for this young king to be taken away so soon where he didn't even get a chance to live his life is flat out appalling. So please share this podcast, share this story so other people can know because we want this to go nationwide. So when September 15th, 2021 comes up, they can make new charges against the murderer, period, point blank. Again, thank you for tuning in. I want to thank our guests one more time, Diamond Elder. Appreciate her telling her story one more time to us and letting us get the word out for her as well. Please reach out to her. Please pray for her and her family. And if you can make the protest, make the protest. Be looking out on her page for the next protest so we can have this call for action and make something happen. Again, thanks for listening to Just Therapy. You guys be blessed.